0: Welcome to the Wolf Whistle, the podcast that interviews and celebrates the former players of our great club, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Welcome to the Wolf Whistle. Welcome to the 39th edition of the Wolf Whistle podcast, the podcast that interviews and celebrates the former players of our great club. We're joined by a young man this evening, Harry Burgoyne, eight appearances for the Wolves between 2016 and 2020, although he was at the club from the age of 11. Goalkeeper, Harry Burgoyne. Harry, how are you? Yeah, very
1: well, thanks. Good to be with you this evening.
0: Hey, no problem at all. Harry, no problem at all. Looking forward to interviewing you. I did get hold of your dad on Twitter, Chris, um, and he said, yep, Harry would be up for that. And then, obviously, we've had a, a brief chat. So... What I'd like to do, Harry, is where you're quite unique is a lot of our other guests uh, played in the 80s, 90s, 70s, etc. And I think you're the youngest uh, player, well, former Wolves player we've had on. You're 23, aren't you, Harry? Yeah, that's me. yeah, 23
1: now. And it feels... I don't know, it always feels like I'm not that old still, so...
0: Well, listen, you're a goalkeeper, mate, so you've got at least another 30 years professional in you, mate, so (laughs) you can go on a lot longer than the outfield players. So, I mean, Harry, you're a young man, Uh, you haven't actually got that far back to go with this first question. Um, How did it all start, you getting into football, and how did uh, you get spotted by Wolves?
1: So, it all started for me down at Ludlow Football Club um, in, in the heart of Shropshire, um I I just I was just playing for fun really with all my friends and stuff. Yeah. And I was an outfielder to start off with and then one game we was playing against Church Street which is just down the road from Ludlow and uh the keeper didn't turn up for whatever reason. I went in and from that day on I just um I kinda did well and just cracked on from there, really enjoyed it. Um and then I I took on some goalkeeper coaching off a guy called Alan Hawkins who worked for West Brom. Yeah. And then he got me a trial up at uh, Birmingham City. Um, it didn't quite work out there. And then I went on trial at West Brom. Um, and West Brom wanted to sign me, to be fair, but they couldn't guarantee me any game time because they already had two goalies of the, my age group already signed on. Yeah. So, um, so my dad actually phoned up Wolves and said, uh, and obviously explained the situation with me. And I was actually walking home from school and, um, and just outside of Ludlow High School, there's a fi- there used to be a fishing tackle shop, yeah. and I was just I was kind of in there looking for some fishing stuff for my weekend of fishing, and he I got a call off him and he said, look, we can go up to Wolves tonight for a trial. So I literally ran home, and by six o'clock we was in wall ramps and training. So
0: wow, yeah, all kind of went from there. So you was at Wolves, uh, I believe, from the age of eleven. Is that right, Harry? That's correct. Yeah. Um. So. So. This game, the goalkeeper never turned up, and had you played in goal before? I I don't believe I did. No, but and you see, so you just went in, went in uh, between the sticks, and all of a sudden you had the game of your life, and you you know you felt that was your position.
1: Yeah, exactly that.
0: Oh, brilliant! Or I,
1: or I wasn't quite good enough outfield. <laughs> I'm
0: not. I'm not too sure. <laughs> I mean, that's amazing, really. So I mean, you know, so what age was you at that point, Harry? Oh, I think I was about eight or nine, no way, no way, so what you know yeah. it's quite funny really, how things happen by chance, so you know from your perspective um you you say you played outfield and i'm i'm still you know I'm sure now that in training you still get involved. do you think you could have made it as a professional footballer as an outfielder
1: definitely not no there's <laughs> just a diff it's just a different level yeah. um. You know, like some of the things these boys can do now are like incredible. So, yeah, no, I think I'm quite happy in the net. To be fair, <laughs> really,
0: and that's just amazing how it was by such chance that you know the the goalkeeper didn't turn up. You went in goal, and you know you end up as a professional. That's a great story, by the way. So, who did you support growing up then, Harry? Manchester United. Oh, right. Okay, so it wasn't the Wolves then.
1: No, dad was a dad was a United fan. Um, from when he was a kid, so I just kind of followed the same team as him. But but I remember because when I when I first started going up to the Wolves, a guy called Liam Taylor, who went to the same school as me, was already signed for them. Yeah. So he kind of car shared on the way up. Yeah. And his, his dad Steve always used to tease me and say, "Ah, oh, you'll soon you'll soon be a Wolves fan. You'll get sucked in." <laughs> and like and like I did. To be fair, I just got sucked in and like really. I st- even though I'm not at the club now, I still love the place to bits and uh, obviously it's been a massive part of my life and I'll always follow the Wolves. Like They'll always be my team now, I think.
0: Wow. So, I mean, so you joined the club at the age of 11, you made your debut, I believe, at the age of 19. Now, when, you, when you're 11, 12, 13 and, and you're at the academy... um can you see a pathway to the first team? Do you think, you know, I know you're harbouring a dream that you're going to get there, but at what point did did it start almost getting quite real?
1: So I think when you're a schoolboy at an academy, you're always like, you're always kind of conscious that they're always going to find somebody better than you. Yes. And my dad always used to just say, look, they're always, they're always um, looking for someone better than you to replace. That's what football's football's all about. So... Yeah. I mean, even after I had a good game, my dad was like, look, you need to go and do it again. Because like like he says, they're, they're always looking for somebody better than you. And um, it was just, it was all about taking opportunities when they came, really. One that rings a bell is, is at the Nike Cup. Um, I actually went there as backup to a keeper older than me. I was like 14 and it was an under-16 tournament. Yeah. and. Uh, Unfortunately, the keeper above me um, broke his leg and I had to play the following game against Man City. Uh, and as we all know, they're like a top academy. Yes. And um, yes. I actually went in and had a really good game and the academy manager at the time, Kevin Fairwell, like came over to me and just says, "Like, I think we've got one here in you. And like, that gave me massive confidence then. Yes. And from then on, it was just all about getting my scholarship. And then once I've got my scholarship... Trying to get that first pro contract, so I think once you've got that first pro contract, um, I think that's when you realise. Hang on a minute, I've like I've come through the academy. Like yeah. all of these players have come and gone like before and after me, yeah. and I'm, I've actually made it to the professional standard now.
0: Yeah,
1: and I think that's when you really do believe that you can go and do it. And
0: you know, is it is it like I imagine? Because um, I know, like you said, you've alluded to a point there where players can get released at 13, 14, 15, where they used to have the old YTS. You get your two years, then at the end, you get called into a room and you'd be told you've made it or you haven't made it at that particular club. Is it like that, Harry, in terms of, you know, do you get told towards the end uh, of your time with the academy, do they say, right, you know, how did your perm deal come about?
1: So I think it all it all comes down to how well you do and how well you develop because, yeah. as you know, like some some teenagers develop a bit later than others. So for some for some players they can make a decision early, but then for other players that don't quite develop as as early as they'd like, yes, they kind of have to hang on hang on a little bit and wait on. Yeah. I was quite lucky. I, I was told quite early that I had that I got a scholarship and then. I was like just starting my second year scholar and I I got told that I was going to get a pro contract so I was I was told pretty pretty early but some of the boys that sort of have to hang on it must be difficult for them because yes. obviously they can miss the boat in finding another club yes because if you can imagine all of the scholars that don't get contracts elsewhere get told early so they're kind of head of the game and and they can go and find a club to go and pursue their first pro contract at yes. so if, if you don't quite get your decision early then you can miss the boat at signing somewhere else yes. so it must be difficult
0: and and it must be an incredibly proud moment for you your family in in being given your first professional contract
1: oh yeah 100 i remember i remember actually driving out the um the training ground there and ringing my dad in the car and, like, breaking the news to him, and he I think he broke down into tears, if I remember rightly. Wow. Because, obviously, he's committed so much of his life, and so his my mum, yes. on, like, getting me over to training, because we lived, like, over an hour away from training, so for him to finish work every day and have time off work and spend all this money on petrol to get me over there, yeah, I think he just, he might almost like a sense of relief that it's all been worth it kind of thing.
0: Yes, and, 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 and to be honest, Harry, you know, when you're 13, 14, 15, and some of the listeners, you know, might not uh, actually appreciate this, but you can be travelling all over the country for games, can't you?
1: Oh, yeah, like, like yeah, honestly, Dad, Dad, Dad wouldn't miss a game for the world and, uh, like, it's, it's incredible, like, the amount of... I'd love to know the amount of miles he's done because even when I was on loan at Scotland, up in Scotland, he was uh he was always coming up to games and stuff. So, wow. yeah, I, I mean, I can't f- thank him enough. He's, like, definitely my number one fan.
0: Oh, but, hey, I'll tell you what, though. He's probably going to put a mileage expense claim for me when he listens to this, Harry, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, so... Your, your, your debut well, I want to come to your debut at Wolves shortly um but you you originally you went on loan I believe to lowest-off Town Corby Telford and and that's where you had to to cut your teeth in in the National Leagues um you know so that's you your first real introduction into if you like men's football um how how daunting is it going into these uh, going as a lone goalkeeper where it's such it's a position where if you make a mistake in goal, as you know, you, you, there's no coming back from it. Whereas if you strike, you miss a chance, you can get away with it. So, what's it like being a young man all of a sudden going on loan um, to, to teams like that? Did you feel the pressure, or did you almost absorb it and, and take it in your stride?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm always one to to take an opportunity when it comes. But as a 17-year-old kid, like travelling like three and a half hours away to Lowestoft, yeah to a part-time club and you kind of walk into the changing room you've never met the manager never met any of the players yes and um you kind of walk in and everyone's looking at you and you're like yeah hi my name's harry blah 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 and uh like the goalkeeper walks in who who's probably expecting to play that game that day and walks in and kind of sees you sat there and then so he's sort of unhappy and then yeah you know, you kind of sat there thinking, well, this is football, I'm afraid, mate. I'm just here to do a job. Yes. And uh, you just have to kind of knuckle down and get on with it. But uh, it, it can be hostile at times. In it, I Every interview I do, I always advise young goalkeepers never turn your nose up at the opportunity to go and play men's football yeah. because it's, it is just a different world out there. Like, it's so hostile um, and you just need to go and think for yourself and... Um, and put yourself first That I mean it's it's hard to explain like you, you go in there and no one else cares about you really I mean you go in there as a lone goalkeeper for yourself yeah. obviously you want to do well for the club there as well Yes. but yes. first and foremost you need to go and make sure that you're doing yourself justice yeah. so yeah. for me it was about going over there growing up um, and, and just getting some of that men's football under my belt so when it came to like two or three years down the line, and like it did with my debut, I think the reason that I got picked over an older guy yeah. was because he looked at kind of where I'd been and what I'd done, and gone well. He's he's been beat up in those leagues. Let, let's let's chuck him in. He'll be able to handle it, kind of thing. So it it might seem horrible at the time, thinking oh my god, I've got to go over to Lowestoft. Yeah, why have I got to go all the way down there? Yeah. but in the long run, it'll come back and help
0: you of course and i suppose as a goalkeeper um if you're on the bench and you know you're waiting for your opportunity sadly there's only two ways that you're going to make it either the goalkeeper that's playing in the first team obviously loses form or he gets injured. And it's not like you're a midfielder, where the you know, the, 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 the manager wants to change it at half-time and give you a run-out or 20 minutes to go. With a goalkeeper, you are relying on poor form or injuries to sometimes get you in the team, aren't you, Harry?
1: Yeah, no, that that's exactly it. And and you never... Well, I can, I can only speak for myself, but I've never sat on the bench going, oh, I hope you throw one in or anything like that, because... Yeah at the end of the day that would like harm the success of the team but uh, yeah I mean like you say it is a harsh game football and like once you get your opportunity you have to take it because if somebody else is behind you they're going to take the opportunity if they get it and put boot you out of your place so yeah, you, you have to the goalkeeping department is it's a strange it's a strange world really because you're all helping each other every day yeah to get the trainer standard high but at the end at the same time you're all wanting to be better than each other yes so i feel like in goalkeeper training you really do get a high standard of training because everyone's wanting to be better than everyone else so yes. it is a it is a great I, I think it's a great career to be in it's a great
0: position to play brilliant now you made your debut for the wolves on 10th of december 2016 uh, <laughs> A four-all draw with with uh, against Fulham at Molyneux. Now listen, th- those games must be great to play in uh, as 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 an outfield player, I'd imagine. You know, a four-all draw on your debut. But as a goalkeeper, um, although, I mean, first of all, we'll come to the game in a minute. But what is it like to to you know to be told that you're in the team? When did you get told? And and you know, how did the game go for you?
1: Well, I mean, the, I, I think it's crazy how it all came about. I was actually on the golf course on Friday. Yeah. So, Paul Lambert came in. The start of this season was when Walter Zenger came in as manager. Yes. Right? He came in as manager and said, I only want three goalkeepers to train with the first team. Right. So, I hadn't trained with the first team all season, right?
0: Yeah.
1: And um, it came to... Um, we had as an under twenty three team. We had Sunderland in the Checker J Trophy midweek, right? Yeah. Bef- sure. Before this Fulham game. Yeah. And uh, we beat them on penalties, and I managed to save some penalties to send us through. So like my confidence was through the roof. Yes. But the under twenty three schedule sometimes runs a bit different to a first team schedule. Yeah. So I actually had the Friday off. Yeah. So I was on the golf course on Friday. <laughs> Um and obviously all of the first team was training, preparing for the Fulham game. And then I got a call call off Pat Mountain, the goalie coach, like yeah. must have been, I don't know, two o'clock in the afternoon on Friday.
0: And you're on the and you're he, on the ninth at that point?
1: I was actually in the clubhouse finished at this point. <laughs> um and he goes, uh Listen, we've had a couple of like niggles in training today. Um the Gaffer wants you to report for the game tomorrow.
0: Wow. So I was
1: like, "Oh God, oh, uh, like Jesus, like this, this is a this is a big thing now." So got myself home anyway, and um, Pat actually phoned my dad. Yeah, and like without like kind of spelling it out to him, just kind of said, "Look, are you working tomorrow?" And like Dad's like, "Yeah, yeah I'm I'm working," and like Pat was like to him, "Look, uh, you need to get it off work tomorrow, and you need to be up at the game." Wow. like wink wink kind of thing yeah and um yeah so um yeah and, like, at, at, obviously, what, at what
0: point did you actually know that that you were starting because still you've heard in training there's a couple of niggles at what point did you know yeah. you was actually starting
1: so i remember like kind of seeing my shirt up in the in the um changing room but john Flatt's shirt was In, like, kind of where Carl's shirt usually was, so I kind of thought, ah, yeah, so I'm going to be on the bench, but I was still buzzing with that, to be honest. Of course. I was kind of like, look, my first chance to be on the bench, how how brilliant. And then Paul Lambert walks in just before he's going to name the side and pulls me and John into his office and just says, look, um, I've made the decision, nobody else. Um, I think you've had a great week in terms of beating Sunderland in the cup um, and your confidence is guy high. I'm going with you today, Harry. Right. And like I took the biggest gulp. I mean <laughs> I think he probably would have heard the gulp that I made and uh, I just kinda took a deep breath and just swore to myself and I was like, right, this is my time today, this is my opportunity and I need to yeah. take it. Yeah. And uh, when the game come about, like the warm up was brilliant. I remember Mikey Burrows, actually, he does the commentary on the games. Yes. I I went out to warm up and I bounced the ball, and I, it hit the end of my toe and just rolled away from me. <laughs> and I just I just giggled to myself. And to this day, he's like played the commentary back to me where he's actually seen me do that. Yeah. And I've laughed and kind of looked up at him because at that point there's not many people in the stadium, so I I kind of locked eyes with him and he laughed. And I just thought, right, this is this is my time now. Let's let's go and do it. So um, I was kind of in the right mindset from that point on, really. I mean, you, the
0: the good thing is that I suppose, Harry, you didn't get chance to get nervous because if you'd have been told the day before, um, you're definitely starting tomorrow, your debut, you got a chance then because you know to think well and get a bit nervous. And I'm sure you you know you would have been nervous. You know, of course you would. It's going to be your debut, but I don't suppose you got that chance. I suppose it was more excitement, wasn't it?
1: yeah I mean I was really excited I'm not one to get nervous really okay. um but I, I there was there was slight bits of nerves but yes. I think your adrenaline takes over in those kinds of situations and yeah. uh, I think I was just so focused that I just forgot about everything else yeah and um I think one great thing that happened to me early on in the game was Courtney gave me a bit of a dodgy um pass back on my left foot <laughs> yeah and I and I've just connected with this clearance on my left foot and, like, curled it right up the line. And it was just perfect. And I thought, like, I just looked around and thought, I belong here. And yes. I just felt the confidence. And then we just 3-1 down at half-time and I was thinking, oh, my God. Well, look, <laughs> I, you know, I couldn't have done anything about the goals. And I was just thinking, Jesus.
0: I mean, the, the reality is, Harry, you're 19 years of age. I mean... Uh, you know, at that point, what's it like to stand in front of the South Bank, you know, and and see all those supporters, and you know, a full stand. It, it must, it must be pretty special.
1: Yeah, it was special. And when I kind of made a save early on and settled in, and they started singing my name, and like, the, I just, I just got goosebumps at that point because it's such a massive football club. And like, for you, just kind of have a quick think about all of those times that you've kind of you've come to watch the boys and, and I was just like well I'm on the pitch now it's, it was yep. just a weird feeling like after watching like Marcus Hanneman Wayne Hennessy yes. Matt Murray like and I was just like well I'm I'm in the sticks where they were now wow, and it was just kind of a surreal feeling really
0: wow wow and then your third first team game for the club um, was a little over a, a month later 28th of January 2017 Liverpool won, Wolves 2 at Anfield in the FA Cup. Uh, once again, I believe there, were, there was injuries at the time to Andy Lonergan and Carla Kimi. Um, and and you, you, you rightfully got your chance in what was arguably your finest hour. We won the match 2-1. I mean, you, you've had your debut a month before. You must have been walking into Anfield with sky-high confidence and thinking, wow,
1: yeah um, right so there's there's a few parts to this really where the confidence was so obviously after me playing I played Fulham and then Cardiff in the week and then Carl got back fit and I was on the bench for a few weeks until just after Christmas and then I went back with the 23s and Pat was like right you've had your success with the first team now like don't show any disappointment that you're going back you've done really well so I went back with the 23s played a couple of games and then after a, a game at Telford for the twenty threes on a Monday night, Pat pulled me and said, Barnett wanna take you on an emergency loan. So we feel it's right for you to go on an emergency loan there. So I went there for two games. Yeah. Um I kinda of got my head round it and went there and played two games, did really well there. And then when I came back again, I got called back because I think Lon has got injured again, so I, I was having to be on the bench for Carl. Yes. But then, against Norwich, obviously Carl got sent off, which then meant, like, all the lads on the bench at the time were like, "This means you're going to be playing next week." And I was like, "Ah, oh, no, he'll get he'll get a loan in or whatever." Yeah. And then on the bus on the way back from Norwich, uh, the gaffer just called me up to his seat at the top of the bus and just says, "Look," he said, "I ain't getting an emergency loan in." He was like, "You're playing next weekend." And I just thought, Jesus Christ, I'm going to be playing at, Am- going to be playing Anfield, like. And uh, but but I think him pulling me was the best thing for him to do. And I listen, I can't speak highly enough of Paul Lambert. Yeah, he's so he's such a great manager, and he's so good at managing his players. Brilliant. Because all play all players have different personalities. Yes. And he he treated his players differently, like knowing how they'd react. So That's he told me that, that. knowing. Knowing that I'm gonna prepare all week. Because can you imagine if he's not said anything to me
0: yeah.
1: all week I'm gonna be thinking, Ah, oh, I'm just waiting for this emergency loan to come in, not preparing myself. Yes. But he's told me from the start like I'm gonna be playing, so I was just buzzing all week. Wow. I've trained my socks off all week and I was like I think I just sort of gave him more confidence with by the way I trained.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Um yeah, and then and then like going up to Anfield, I mean what a day that was! That was just unbelievable.
0: I mean, I mean to be honest, Harry, he, you know, he made the right decision in in not bringing in a lone goalkeeper. Clearly, we we won the game. Fifty two thousand four hundred and sixty nine people there. You've got players in the Liverpool side: Coutinho, Firmino, Wijnaldum. I mean, I bet you're thinking, wow. And once again, we talked about standing in front of the south bank, uh, but all of a sudden, you know, you, you're standing in front of the cop. I
1: mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean. I mean, like that for 9,000 Wolves fans behind me. The first half, wow. um, I I genuinely couldn't even hear the ref's whistle going. (laughs) Brilliant. And like, it took kind of 12, 15 minutes of the game for like the crowd to calm down for me to actually start hearing the whistle. Well, I mean,
0: we scored in the first minute, didn't we? So I bet there was. uh, I bet there was. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it, it was so loud and. Like, my voice was gone by half time. Like, it was incredible how loud I was having to shout to the centre half just for them to hear me. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, they did such a great job. I mean, they kept the ball away from, from me for like 25 minutes. I didn't touch the ball for 25 minutes. So, um, yeah, I mean, that was just an incredible day, to be honest with you.
0: I mean, I looked at the stats from that game, and to be honest, Liverpool, uh, and this is from the BBC website, by the way, had pos- uh, 79% possession. And, and 20 yeah. shots and I think there were six or seven on target um, you know but uh, for, for you obviously we got steerman who scored in the first minute and we got Anders Weiman with that no look finish which was cool as a cucumber by the way and it wasn't yeah. until the 86th minute they, they got their goal um, but you know like you said what a game to play in but you know the 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 pressure in a game like that must be absolutely huge. And at the time, Harry, you're 19, and that's weighing on your shoulders. That that that's a lot of pressure to take on board.
1: Yeah, it is. I think like obviously you've got to be the right you've got to be the right character to kind of deal with that. And I I go back to those loans that I did. I feel like if I didn't go and do those loans at such a low level, yeah, then you might not be able to deal with that pressure. Yes. Like, I was I was a 17-year-old boy at Stockport County getting beer bottles thrown at me from behind the goals right. and, like, you've got fully grown men calling you whatever names yeah. under the sun
0: Yeah.
1: and you'd kind of just, you just deal with it and, and let yes. it, you don't let it affect you and you kind of walk off the pitch going, yeah, we've just won 1-0, have a bit of that and then you just move on and learn from it. Yeah. So I think if I didn't, if I didn't, Go and do that Then I might not Have been able to Deal with Deal with going into The Wolves first team As well as I did do
0: Yes And and do you think as, as a goalkeeper Especially Harry And like I said You're still a young man And making your debut At such a young age Do you think you have to Mature quite quickly
1: Oh definitely yeah Yeah definitely You're uh, You kind of um, I kind of noticed it Because the first two games All of the lads In the dressing room Kind of come up to you Before the game And like Pat you on the back and all that sort of stuff, but before the Liverpool game, nobody did that. Yeah. The only thing Dave Edwards said to me was, he said before the Liverpool game, he goes, um, he goes in the centre circle. He said to everyone, he goes, lads, make sure you remember today because it could be really special, yeah. and you don't want to forget moments like this. So he says, make sure you take it all in. And like, I remember that.
0: And, and d- it Do you remember the game clearly as well, Harry? I mean, obviously, things like that, of course. But do you remember the game as well?
1: Yeah, I I, I really do. I remember the game quite well. I remember... I remember an awful lot of it, I remember early on as well, the Wolves fans chucked on a smoke grenade and I've got a really good photograph of like me in the background of that and it's it's like, it's obviously one that will, that I'll cherish forever to be fair.
0: Brilliant, brilliant, I mean days like that must be absolutely amazing as, as a young footballer, it must be absolutely huge. Now, you you was at the club from the age of 11, I think it was 2008, um, I believe, and and. Mick McCarthy was the manager then, so you you' saw a lot of managers obviously come and go and it wasn't until Paul Lambert that you got your debut, but just before paul Lambert and you you mentioned him earlier, Walter Zenger, now obviously Walter Zenger was a goalkeeper um did he spend much time with the goalkeepers and and you know you in particular as a young player
1: no he he didn't to be fair, and it was uh, it was kind of brief for him wasn't it um yes. at the club but no he he didn't have anything to do with the goalkeepers whatsoever well um he i think he was so concentrated on the on the outfield side of things that yeah we didn't really get any any feedback or anything off him to be fair
0: yeah now uh another uh goalkeeper who's who's managed you you played one game under him which was 6th of May 2018 we lost 3-0 to Sunderland in all fairness um in all fairness Harry you come on as substitute in the 71st minute we was already 3-0 down Obviously, the reason we lost that game, as a supporter, I can say it. Um, Look, I think the Wolves players, there's a term on the beach. We're already promoted. Um, Yeah. Look, I'm not saying the players took their foot off the gas, etc., but we just lost 3-0 to a relegated team. So, the reality was, I think we had our our minds on other things. But back to Nuno. Obviously, he's a goalkeeper, goalkeeper himself, or was a goalkeeper. And look at the job he's doing at the Wolves now. I mean... What what sort of what sort of manager what sort of uh, man manager I should say is new now, especially coming from you as a goalkeeper.
1: Oh, he's he's an unbelievable manager. Um, he he's got so much faith in his process
0: yeah.
1: and so much faith in his backroom staff and his players that he he only wants a small squad because he knows it, the way he works is he wants to be able to trust everyone yes. to do a job for him. Yeah. Um, and just going back to that Sunderland game briefly, yeah, we actually really wanted to win that game because if we beat that, if we beat them that game, it meant that we beat everybody in the league that season. Yeah,
0: yeah, I remember.
1: So, so we did really want to win that game. To be fair, and it was just I don't know what happened on the day. We just didn't really start very well, and it and it fizzled out from there. But uh, but yeah, I mean, Nuno as a manager, I can't speak highly enough of him. Obviously it didn't work out for me there in the end and I, I, like if we could go back and do a few things differently then maybe I wouldn't have tried to get out on loan after the championship winning season so much yeah, because yeah. I think once once you're out of the kind of picture and obviously I, I was unlucky with my injury then so yeah I mean obviously looking back now you, you might do things a bit differently or whatever but, but I mean I put my all in and it, it wasn't quite enough in the end for, for like to move on into the Premier League and all of that with Nuno but uh, yeah I can't speak hardly enough of him and his staff they like you you kind of ask for anything and they go and get it for you like yeah. li- the littlest of things if you ask them to to get you I don't know a pair of glasses to improve recovery they'll just go out and buy them for you and like you have them there on the next Monday. It it really is just a new level of like.
0: I bet you don't get that at Lowestoft Town, do
1: you? No, exactly. That's the thing. <laughs> That's the thing. You kind of realise how lucky
0: you are. Oh, certainly. I mean, in the team that day, Ruben Neves, Connor Cody, Matt Doherty, uh, Saeed Jotter. I mean, it was a, it was a great team out. I mean, what's it like to play a first team game with these guys? I mean, just incredible. Incredible players, aren't they, Harry?
1: Yeah, I mean it's terrific, but at the same time, you don't feel out of place. Of and like you might, you might argue that I should, I should feel out of place. Like I'm, I'm a young lad who's come through the academy at Wolves. I'm from Ludlow, blah blah blah. Yeah. But because, because everyone around you has got so much faith in you. Yes. Like I remember Willie Bolly saying to me, like it must have been three or four months into the season, and he just turned out on me out of the blue, out of nowhere. Because it wasn't very often that like we had football chat, me and Willie. To be fair, yeah, it was kind of just changing banter. But then he turned around to me and said, "You you really are improving, Harry. You really are improving. Keep it going." Right. After one training session, so like for someone like him to say that to me is like you don't understand how much confidence it gives you, and I don't right. think he realizes how much confidence it gives you. So yeah, I mean it was just a terrific bunch of players and. Um, yeah, I mean, I wish them all the success in the world. I hope they go and win the Europa League this year and get in the Champions League because every single person in that club deserves it. Yes. From 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 the groundsman to the to the stewards to the manager to the players, they all deserve it so much because the change the change that everyone's had to kind of buy into is is brilliant, really, and like obviously. Matt Doherty's a, a massive example to that like he's been there throughout now and uh yeah. and like he's bought into things so much because he won't mind me saying that back back before Nuno was um was manager he was slightly overweight and stuff and yeah. he's just bought into everything he's lost weight he's got himself in shape he's into all of the tactic, tactical side of the game that Nuno yes. wants, and uh, yeah, he deserves every success he gets.
0: Oh, completely. I mean, uh, Matt Dock, for example, looks looks like a completely new signing, you know, compared to playing under other managers. Um, and I mean, let's go on to some of the goalkeepers you played with, um, well, not played with, but trained with, I should say, that was in the, the, the um, squad at the time. John Ruddy, obviously, Ruby Patricio. Um, actually, was Ruby there at the time? Oh yes, no, sorry. He was, yeah, yeah,
1: yes. I I came I came back from my ankle injury and trained yes. with um, trained with Rui quite a lot. Yeah, so he was there.
0: And and uh, obviously Andy Lonigan and, and Carla Karla I mean, you're learning from some great great goalkeepers. Um, and I, I bet you learned so much from them, didn't you, Harry?
1: Yeah, I, I I've been so lucky with the keepers that I've worked with at Wolves. Um, for, I mean, I mean John Ruddy. No joke, like he's genuinely like a second father to me, really.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, like what he did for me over the season that I was with him was terrific. And like when I uh, when I came back from Plymouth with my injury, he was he was good as gold with me. Like I can't speak highly enough for the guy. Like he's a top keeper, but my God, what a guy off the pitch! Like he's such a good guy, and obviously you go from John to even like the brief spell Emmy Martinez from Arsenal had there he was he was terrific with me again because he was kind of in the same situation as I was going to be in in a couple of years yeah so he he just kept saying to me like trust me Harry you keep doing what you're doing your time will come and he kept saying it to me and saying it to me and then finally when I made my debut like he he called me and congratulated me and everything so I mean, to have people like that round you yeah. learning off. And, often, like, as well, Carl Hakimi for years was was brilliant with me. Like, always, when, when I went down and trained with him when I was a bit younger, he always used to give me words of advice and stuff. And Andy Lonergan, another one, like, he was brilliant with me. Um, oh, God, I don't want to miss anyone out. But, yeah, like, even Matt Murray, like, to this day, he's he's still, like, I remember we was warming up for a Shrewsbury game, um like february time just after i'd signed for them and he was doing the sky there and he and he came over the the advertising boards and like shook me hand and that and like it's just little things like that where yes. people don't forget you and yeah it's just it was just, it's just an amazing part of my life that i won't forget and uh hopefully if i can be successful at shrewsbury then we can move on to better things
0: yeah well hey that's going to happen you know obviously you're a you got a mature head on those shoulders, Harry, and I'm sure you'll go a very, very long way in the game. And like I said, you, you know, you've worked under some great managers uh, and played, obviously, and, and trained with some great keepers. Now, we look at some of your loans. Obviously, to Barnet, Plymouth. You also had a very successful loan spell um, in Scotland, where your dad was travelling probably 600 miles a game. But um, you played 15 games. You got eight man of the matches and two. Uh, you got picked twice in in uh, in the Scottish uh, team of the week. Now, yeah. did you think that that may become permanent, Harry, um, or, or did you want to stay in England?
1: No, I, I I genuinely felt like obviously after my after my ankle break, yeah, um, Plymouth weren't doing very well up until Christmas, and I thought that I was going to go back to Plymouth and sort of finish the season out for them. Yeah, but. Um, I mean, for whatever reason, they felt as if like it wasn't right for me to go back there. So it meant finding a, somewhere to go and play some games to impress Nuno. Yeah. To um to try and get myself back in that in back in that squad there. And uh, I mean, I went up to Falkirk and like I played my heart out. Yeah. Considering I just had six months out with an ankle injury. Yes. I I couldn't have done any better than what I did up there. Maybe the only thing was to keep them up but I, I couldn't have done any more like we I think they had 15 points before I went up there and in 15 games I think we picked up 24 points in 15 games
0: yeah wow.
1: so like I, I yeah I mean I had a massive impact on that team yeah, and that, yeah. I, I I can say that because I did. Like, of course, I'm I'm, I'm not being arrogant or whatever. Yeah, like, sure. I, I genuinely had an effect on the team, and that's what alone's all about having an effect. Because you're the only change. If you can have an effect, then it it, it it's massive for you. So, um, I kind of went back. I went back to wolves, thinking I might have a sniff of kind of getting back in the first team setup or whatever. But um, yeah. it wasn't to be. So um. The key for me was to find somewhere else to play now, and obviously Sam Ricketts has given me a massive opportunity to rebuild
0: my career again now. So um, oh, I'm he... going to take the opportunity with both hands. Absolutely huge. I mean, obviously you've reunited uh, with Sam, who was at Wolves. Obviously, when you was a when you was a, a much younger player, and obviously Dave Edwards is uh, there too. Um, you know, when you, we, we 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 go back to John Ruddy now, where you know once again for him. Consummate professional Like yourself um, and, and he can't get in the team Because of how well Rui continues to play And to be fair to Rui Patricio He's one of the best goalkeepers In the world But it is frustrating And so you've gone up to Scotland At that point And you're playing a run of games And it, it is important For a young goalkeeper To get games Isn't it Harry?
1: Yeah definitely Like uh, when when the opportunity For Falkirk came about It was quite late on in January To be fair Yeah. And there'd been a few things That had it kind of looked promising and then phased out a bit and this this opportunity came up and I actually went to john straight away at the training ground and i said what do you think about this and he was like why aren't you up there in your car already <laughs> and he was like i went and did a spell at Motherwell, well and he says it was the best thing that i ever went and did so he said you, you just gotta go and do it mate and i from like i just took his advice because his advice is obviously so valuable and um Went and did it, and it was kind of, it was kind of a great decision in the end because I might not have got anywhere to play, and those fifteen games that I went and played for Falkirk will again come back to be vital. Yes. In uh, getting this move to Shrewsbury. yeah So
0: it, it's
1: those it's those things that um that really do come and help you. It's, it's all about building that that uh, number of games of that you've played. Yeah. And so um, you, yeah,
0: you, you've you've alluded to it a few times as well about the, the ankle at Plymouth you, you know you have suffered a few injuries as well haven't you Harry and and you know for a young man that must be incredibly frustrating yeah so
1: i I've been, I was quite lucky with injuries to be fair so I, I was kind of due one a little bit and yeah. um it, it just happened at the wrong bloody time really um but yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things. One of those setbacks that every player in their career is having to yes. to deal with an injury. And I dealt with it well. Um, I kind of got over it. My um, my girlfriend really did help me out as well at the time because Brilliant. we were living together in our apartment and I was kind of not able to like do anything really because obviously I was on crutches or whatever. Like not even able to carry a cup of tea into the front room. So be yeah,
0: Could she was, was a massive that? help
1: for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, and then it also helps you improve in other areas than football, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think it helped me improve as a person, to be honest, right. as, yeah. as well as anything else. So, um,
0: and I think with any negatives like that, Harry, it is important to take a positive from it because it's so easy for a young man, oh, you know, broke my ankle, can't play, like, you know, he's holding me back. And i get that but it's also very important and that's absolute testament and credit to the person you are that you you saw a positive from that
1: yeah definitely like everyone everyone like sort of surrounding me was saying the same thing like my dad was saying the same thing the agent was saying the same thing my mum, my, my girlfriend like everyone was saying the same thing like you've just got to use it to come back bigger better and stronger yes and um it's it's an easy thing to say it's a lot harder to like actually go and do it because you kind of turn up to the training ground and, and look out the window and you see all the lads training. You're like, oh, I want to be out there, but yeah. you can't. And um, it does get quite a lonely place in the physio room. But yeah. um, you just got to work hard and get out get out of there as quickly as you can. Yeah. And uh, and I I did really get out of there as quick as I could. And um, yeah, like it's a good opportunity that I've got now at Shrewsbury so I'm looking forward to the season starting to be honest.
0: Yes, yes. We're gonna come on to Shrewsbury right now. But just before, uh you got an England under twenty one call up didn't you against Romania in March two thousand and eighteen. Once again another proud moment for you Harry.
1: Yeah, definitely like uh to be fair, I'd been I'd been on like three England under twenty one camps prior to that, but yeah. never actually got the full call up. So for example like times where i know dean henderson was on loan at shrewsbury so he he like kind of missed three or four days of a camp due to playing for shrewsbury and then t- uh, turning up to the camp quite late
0: yeah
1: just uh, so i was like kind of going over and helping them out and i, I like i don't know how to describe it, you just raise your game to a new level
0: yeah
1: and i just raised my game to the new level every time and done really well there so i just kept getting invited back like tim Ditmo and ad Boythroid were really good with me they kept inviting me back and giving me good feedback so um, i i actually went to the the romania camp not actually officially called up it was just the same sort of deal
0: yeah
1: as before like just helping out being a training keeper blah 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 but then one evening uh, ad and tim just brought me down to the Starbucks in the hotel there at St. George's Park yeah. and just said, look, we're sick of this now. You keep doing really well, so we're going to give you the official call-up. Um, wow. And it happened that night, and, like, I kept refreshing Twitter. I was, I got told by the media team there at the FA that um, they were going to do it at 8 o'clock, and it was, like, three minutes past 8, and I kept refreshing Twitter and refreshing Twitter, and I'm thinking, is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? But then... Like as soon as as soon as you see like it amounts you i mean the feeling was just amazing because
0: wow
1: just to, although i didn't play just to represent like the england under 21s like that one step away from the senior team of course um was just unbelievable really and uh yeah i'd never never think that i was going to do that so to do that um was amazing but um yeah like again all those successes you just want to go and do more so now it just makes you even more hungry to go and get called up by the senior teams so yes i mean i know i've got a lot of work to do to do that but nothing's impossible you know
0: it, harry listen it isn't and you've already proved that by having such a great career so far and when you've been given the opportunity you've took the opportunity so there's no reason why you can't go you know as far as you can um so you've just recently uh, signed for for Shrewsbury Town, which is a good, a fantastic move for you because they're a great club. It's also local to you in terms of you haven't got to leave leave home. Where you know if you'd have got the uh, if you'd got a chance at Plymouth or Falkirk even or wherever, you know you the unglamorous side of football. You could be moving to the other side of the country, leaving all your family and friends, etc. But so this move for you personally is ideal, isn't it?
1: oh yeah honestly it's a dream move like um me and my fiance moved here to shrewsbury it last september before yeah. any of this shrewsbury business came about so i mean for it to come out in january like my agent i can't thank my agent enough as well to on getting the move done but uh, yeah like the gaffer bring me to the club and stuff but yeah. um yeah it's just it's just the perfect move for me and my family like it's so perfect like i'm gonna hopefully get some games and um people are going to be able to come and watch for a change and i'm not going to be miles away because previously like anywhere i've played apart from wolves it's just been all ends of the country like scotland plymouth or um or over in Lowestoft. like it's just been miles away from home so this is a dream move i've got two years there so there's a bit of um i know i've got a bit of time here to prove what i'm what i'm all about so uh yeah, I, I can't wait to get started to be honest with
0: you. And as a as a young man, you was at the club, like I said, at Wolves in the age of eleven. Um, how how hard was it to, to finally leave the club and, and almost break free, if you like? Yeah, I mean like I I
1: absolutely love the place and I still do. I have no I don't hold any grudges because I'm not I'm not that kind of person, like I'm not like what if this, what if that, that? like at the end of the day, I wasn't good enough at that present moment in time and I've had to move on just to pursue my career and get my career back on track and uh, the only thing in the back of my head is like all I've been thinking is I'll prove you Nuno that I was good enough to play for you. And yeah, like in, in in the back of my head that's all I can think and that's yeah that's what I've got to go and do now and I, I just pray to God that we um we draw wolves in the FA Cup this year. <laughs> So I can I can go and like have a great game under his nose, but um, Brilliant. but yeah, there's there's absolutely no remorse there at all. Like I, I love the guy to bit still. Um, I love everyone at the club. Like Wolves is, uh, has been a massive part of my career. I mean it's it's kind of um, it's they've given me the opportunity to buy myself a house and um, and have a nice life. So like I can't thank
0: them enough for like building my life. Uh, so um harry do you know what that's that's very very kind words you know um and i'm sure the people at the club look you know a lot of decisions at football clubs it's not just about the football and the ability it's about the humility of someone it's about the the actual personality of a player and you know you've got that in abundance you you don't need me to tell you by any stretch by the way but you're a very very you know you've I've, i've said all through this interview You've got a mature head on young shoulders, and I think you'll you'll go very very far in the game, Harry, and have an absolutely fantastic career.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it, and obviously, for all the Wolves fans that are probably listening into this now, like I've I've gone and played for a lot of football clubs on loan and stuff, yeah, and like honestly, value your club so much because it is such a good club. Like I can't explain to you every single corner of the club, like, from from the stewards on the front gate to the catering staff to the manager to the players, like, like, just the captain, like, Connor Cody, like, what a guy, do you know what I mean? Like, like, what a club it is, so, like, when, like, when people, when I see people on Twitter and that moaning about
0: (laughs) things and, like, I'm I'm just, like, honestly,
1: (laughs) you do not, you do not realise how good of a club you have and, like I, I was um so this time last year I went up to Berry to um start the season with them on loan and yeah. obviously with everything that happened to Berry like Awful. you you just have to realise how lucky you are to follow the club that you do and and just um next time maybe some of the fans are about to write a bad bad thing on Twitter, just think about those Berry fans and like how the, how they've not really got a club to follow anymore,
0: so yeah exactly that exactly that in fact I believe there's an edit button uh, coming on Twitter soon it can't come soon enough I tell you yeah no exactly (laughs) anyway Harry very very interesting chat we can't wait to have you back on the wolf whistle again it's been brilliant talking about your career. And, we, you know, it's quite unusual. I'm talking to a player about his career when he's still only 23. In fact, I think I've got older socks than you, mate. Um, <laughs> but, Harry, it's been brilliant having you on. We do want you on again soon. And keep up the good work and good luck with your career and the move to Shrewsbury.
1: Yeah, brilliant. Let's hope uh, we can do this again in six months when Shrewsbury are top of League 1,
0: eh? Yeah, that's it, Harry. Good man. Thanks, Harry. Yeah, see you again soon. Thanks a lot. Bye now.